Food for Thought on News Talk 760 WJR is presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state. Here's your host, Dr. Phil Knight. Welcome back to Food for Thought, everyone. Thanks for listening. I believe that hunger can be solved by helping people create food security in their lives. If you've listened to this show at all, then you know that your hosts, Jerry Brisson and me, look at things a bit differently. Here's an example from one of our recent conversations that probably covered about two weeks. The result of that conversation was this. Perhaps we should look at the huge issue of poverty from the perspective that food insecurity is a root cause of poverty and not a symptom of it. Think about that with me for just a moment. The implications of thinking about the relationship between food insecurity and poverty in this manner are startling. Definitely a different way of thinking. Does this different way of thinking help us arrive at a solution for those struggling with hunger? Truth is, I don't know that yet. But the cost of another generation of children not developing mentally and physically as they could if they had access to healthy, nutritious food is simply too high of a price to pay for them. While we've made significant progress in a short time, we haven't solved hunger yet. And so we cannot afford to just keep doing what we've always done and be hopeful for a different outcome. That's insane. To create better solutions, we have to think better, think differently. To do that, we have to feed our minds with great material. After all, as a man thinketh, so is he. We are the summation of our thought life. To help us think better and different, I've asked a dear friend of mine to join us on the show today. Dr. Samuel R. Chan is a gifted speaker, author, entrepreneur, and perhaps the best system change thought leader I've ever known. His books are renowned, practical, and his presence is requested worldwide to help organizations think different and better. I've known Sam personally for years as we presented leadership material in Africa together and worked on transformative projects for organizations since. He's my friend, he's Jerry's friend, and he's our guest today on Food for Thought. Come back and be with Sam, Jerry, and me in just a moment. Get in touch with the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Visit fbcmich.org. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson and Dr. Phil Knight here in the WJR studio. Welcome back to the show. And as promised, our guest, Dr. Samuel Chan. Sam, welcome to Food for Thought. Oh, it's my honor to be with you. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Jerry. Now, he already admitted that he's known you for years, so you don't have to worry about that. That's already out there. (laughs) That could be good as well as good. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, or great even, or right. great. Well, I had the pleasure of meeting you not that long ago and sitting down to talk with you about some of the challenges we're trying to address here around food uh, insecurity in Michigan. And it was a delight to get your thoughts and ideas. You've been so successful in helping organizations develop leadership and then structure around issues that are sometimes difficult to solve. And so we were so um, thrilled to be able to meet with you and, and have that that conversation and what a what a joy it is for us to have you on our show today it was a delight to meet both of you uh, uh, over lunch and it was a great conversation most of all I, w- I left that meeting saying to myself wow you all have such big hearts to uh, to not just uh, help people with food but with the whole quality of life uh, because food affects family, affects finances, affects friends, relationships, jobs, uh, location. And so I just want to thank you for all the work that you all do. Well, thank you. Thanks, Sam. So uh, as I shared in the monologue, Sam, you and I met when we were both um, presenting some leadership material across the continent of Africa, and uh, we've developed a friendship and a relationship, and we've worked on a, uh, some projects together to transform some organizations. And while food banking's not very old, started in the uh, early 1980s, we're not really old enough yet to have solved the problem of hunger, but we've learned a lot. And one of the things that uh, I think that you bring to our thought life is the ability to think not just bigger, but to think better. And so you've written a book, uh, one of your most recent books, uh, Bigger, Faster Leadership, and it talks about the ability to create systems and structures to support, um, I guess, for in our case, the opportunity and the need. So we'd like for you to kind of break that down for us a little bit about bigger, faster leadership. And and when Jerry and I are going to try to put some context to it as to how we believe it can be applied to this mission of creating food security across the state of Michigan. Thank you, Phil. So even as you were talking in your monologue, I remember when we first met in Kenya, uh, which uh, I think it was right outside Nairobi. Mm. And both of us had a need. I wanted to call my family in the United States, and you wanted to call your family in the United States. So we both had a need. And so we, need, we set out to find out how can we do that. Well, in my case, my phone service was not connected, was not making calls to the United States. The second option I had was uh, ask the lodge where we were staying at to make the international call for me, but those costs were prohibitive. And during that conversation, you said, hey, I got a satellite phone. Now, most people listening to us have no idea what a satellite phone is. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you had a satellite phone. I remember that. It was nighttime. Mm-hmm. And Phil, you and I stepped outside of the lodge uh, outside Nairobi, Kenya, and then you had to find the right direction to point your satellite phone at. I think it was south or east. I forget what. But right. it had to be in a certain direction. And you were able to make a connection to the United States and on your satellite phone. Right. I was able to have a conversation with my family. 
Now, I remind both of us and Jerry, uh, maybe you are hearing the story for the first time, uh, of uh, what the concept was. There was a need. There was a big need. My The, the solution available to me on my phone was not going to work. The solution available to me through the place we're staying at was not was cost prohibitive. But then there was Phil Knight. Dr. Phil Knight had a satellite phone and the need was met. And I think once we start thinking options behind beyond two or three is where we really start getting to the meat of solutions. So what, where, what I have found is that in most meetings, we sit down, we're talking about a need, talking about a situation, and we stop at usually two solutions. And the conversation goes something like, we could do this or we could do that. But the real meat comes into, okay, what else can we do? And if you really want to get to the best solution, if you really want to get to the best solution, it usually comes after the fourth or fifth solution. Hmm. And that starts creating a hybrid. So the mission that you are on, which I want to just simply uh, call eradicating hunger, is, uh, is in the words of Patrick Lencioni, a big, hairy, audacious goal, <laughs> BHAG. And I think somewhere in there, we start have have to come up with options. Now, let me talk a little bit about how people come up with options. People come up with options based on their experience and their environment and what has worked for them. And the conundrum of that is that it gets limited to our experience, what has worked for us, what has been our success rate, and then we end up getting emotionally engaged with what worked for us. And it closes us off to possibilities that others may have, other options others may have. So every meeting I sit in, I'm always observing the leaders, not to the, necessarily to the options they're coming up with, but are they open to options that they have not considered? Are they willing to put their emotional engagement out of the way? Are they willing to hear others out? And here comes the best part. Are they willing to create a hybrid mm -hmm. from all the options on the table? And once we come to that, now we are not only thinking bigger, but we are thinking better. You know, another way we talk about that, uh, if I can, if I got this right, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, we have to remain humble about a problem we haven't yet solved. Because if it was solved, well, maybe then we could take pride in whatever we think. But because it isn't solved yet, we have to maintain some sense of humility. And that means what you just said, being open to the fact that someone is going to have a better idea or at least better parts of an idea that can lead to what ultimately will be the answer. Exactly right, Jerry. You are absolutely right. It is the whole essence of saying to ourselves, I don't know it all. I haven't done it all. I don't understand it all. I'm in a in a place where I can, I have to uh, uh, rely on others to to help me understand this better. And I, you'd think it right. You have to have the sense of humility which says, "I'm a learner. Somebody else can teach me." 
And once we come to that place, then you can actually have conversations without having to defend your turf or your experience. Your experience might be different from mine, and both of them can be successful. So instead of me having to work hard at defending why mine was successful, I want to see how, why yours was successful and how I can learn from that. And that is where true humility comes in, learning from others. He's Dr. Sam Chan. You can find him at samchan.com, C-H-A-N-D.com, samchan.com. He's our friend. He's also, uh, whether you know it or not, you're our consultant. And (laughs) 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 And, uh, And it's a great conversation about how these principles about thinking bigger and better can be applied to this mission of food security across Michigan. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. We're going to come back with Dr. Sam Chan in just a moment. You come back and be with us. We'll be right here. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight on WJR. Welcome back, everyone. Dr. Phil Knight with Jerry Brisson here in the WJR studio. Dr. Sam Chan is on our WJR line. And uh, Sam, you're in Michigan. Who'd have thought it? And uh, you're traveling from Detroit uh, toward uh, the western side of the state, and we're happy to catch you. We wish we could have caught you, had you in the studio here, but we're happy to have you on the phone anytime we can get you. Well, it's an honor and delight to be with you, Phil and Jerry, and uh, just as I'm blown away by uh, what you are accomplishing and your vision makes me feel like I'm doing nothing, but uh, thank God for you. No, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no. When you have the, the work of being a leadership consultant, um, a coach, uh, a publisher, and uh, and people can subscribe to your video uh, Tuesdays with Sam Chan by going to samchan.com. Uh, you're doing quite a bit, and uh, and the Leadership Institute as well is uh, is it, you're you're not adding, my friend. You're multiplying. Well, you're very kind. Thank you so much. So, um, Sam, when we were with you. Um, you know, you had to put the cookies on the lower shelf for Jerry and I, and <laughs> and uh, you you sketched out on a napkin there for us, um, uh, 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 and I must say a, a very uh, uh, captivating visual, and that was that of a train track, and that of a train. Would you tell our audience the significance of that? Absolutely, absolutely. So it all really all started. That concept started when I visited the country of Panama, and uh, it was my first visit there, and I went and uh, uh, saw the, one of the wonders of the world, known as the Panama Canal, and I realized that they were widening the canal. And then it struck me, they widened the canal because they got bigger, faster ships coming through. And while I was standing there on the side of the canal, watching the construction take place, I pulled out my phone, and I wrote a sentence on it, Let me give everyone that sentence, I'll say it twice, and then come back to the train analogy. As I was standing the Panama Canal, here's the sentence. Your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and structures. Let me say it again. Your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and structures. So the Panama Canal was widening because they were making room for bigger, faster ships. 
So while we were having lunch in Atlanta with uh, Jerry and Phil, you remember, so I pulled out a napkin and I drew a picture of a train that runs on tracks. It was not a pretty picture, but it made the point. <laughs> but you did and, it upside down. Yeah. That was amazing. I'll never forget that either. <laughs> and so there we were. Uh, and here, here's the story behind that. You cannot run a bigger, faster train on old tracks. Because if you were to run a bigger, faster train on old tracks, it will derail. In fact, let me ask you this question. If the train is built to go 200 miles an hour, but the tracks are built for 100 miles an hour, how fast is the train going to go? Well, I hear everyone in Radio Land saying the same thing, 100 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So really, it's not the size and the speed of the train. It is the size and the speed of the tracks. So the tracks are the system and structure. Train is your vision. Train is uh, what your product is. And you can have the best product and the greatest vision, but if you don't have the right tracks, the right systems, the right structures to take you to where you're going to go, your train, your vision will derail. So I, I see a lot of people, for example, they'll go to conferences and workshops and, and they'll get on some kind of blog or whatever and they'll, they'll discover a great idea. And they say, man, this is it. I found it. Eureka. It is what I actually needed. However, when they try it, what should have been a no-brainer fails miserably because they forgot what the tracks are all about. So let me describe tracks for you. What are tracks? Tracks are made up of uh, maybe two or three things. The first thing the track is made up of is the culture of the organization. If the culture of the organization is not conducive to the vision that you have going forward, the train, it will, it's just not going to happen. So, the, so let me give you four questions that you have to ask yourself when you are taking care of the tracks. Let me give all four of you. Four of them, I'll say them twice so you get them. Because if you're driving, don't stop. Just, uh, I'm sure there's a website that uh, Jerry and Phil are going to give you at the conclusion of the program. Foodsecuremichigan.org. There you go. Can you say that again? Foodsecuremichigan.org. Foodsecuremichigan.org. So here are the four questions. Number one, what defines me? What defines me? Circle the word defines. Now, question number two, what are my deliverables? Circle the word deliverables. Question number three, what are my delivery systems? Circle the words delivery systems. Question number four, who are my drivers? Who are my drivers? It is that, it is that that will allow you to check out what your tracks are about. So if you want your bigger, faster, shinier, greater vision, whatever that might be in your context, to go further and faster, here are the four questions you've got to ask yourself about the tracks. Number one, so let me set 30 seconds behind each one of those. What defines you? You've got to have as narrow a definition as you can have because the broader the definition you have, the lazier the water is going to flow out of that hose. So at the end of a water hose, if it's just open, it will be a lazy flow. But you start pinching the hose, you can get 
uh, smaller opening, hence you can squirt farther with greater uh, momentum. So what defines you? Number two is what are my deliverables? Uh, any organization that tries to do more than three things is fuzzy. You've got to have what your deliverables are. And here's what deliverables do. They brand you. So branding is never done by a consultant. Branding is done by your customers, by your clients, by your service providers, the people that you provide service to. It is what other people say about you that is a brand. Now, you can leverage your brand. You can uh, advertise your brand, but you don't create the brand. So that's question number two. What are my deliverables? It's not what do I deliver. It is what do people say I deliver. Question number three is what are my delivery systems? This is the how, when, where kind of question. How much? Your delivery systems. For example, how do you get corn uh, that you would like to eat from the fields of Iowa to your table. That's a delivery system. And every point of that system has implications to it, has cost factors involved with it. And number four question is, who are my drivers? Everything rises and falls on the people around you. Uh, Phil, you will remember I wrote a book years ago called Who's Holding Your Ladder? Yep. In which I talked about it is not who you are. It is the people around you holding your ladder that allows you to go to the top of the ladder. So it's never about you, the ladder climber. It's not about never about the ladder, which is your vision. It's always about who's holding your ladder. You get the right ladder holders or the drivers, you can go the farther. So back to the train thing that, Jerry, you asked me earlier. You can have the greatest vision, the greatest idea, the greatest opportunity. But if your tracks, which are the four questions I gave you, are not congruent with your vision, your train will derail. So everybody listening to, to me right now can apply to their context and certainly in the narrower context of every business. Sam, that's excellent. And we, we advertise this show as a different way to think. And we're going to take those four questions that you just gave us and break those down in the following segments and, uh, and really see how we can apply these to this mission of creating food security across the state. Ex- Thank you so very much for the opportunity to share with uh, not just the two of you, but uh, literally millions of people who listen to your broadcast. And I- I'm your friend, so anytime that... You give me an opportunity to speak to you and to your listeners. I'm totally honored by that. Now, be careful, because we are not afraid to take advantage. That's part of our job, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'll be honored that you would consider me part of your team. We do, Sam, for sure. Safe travels to you and the family, and, um, and thanks for being our friend, and thanks for being our partner. Love you both, love what you're doing, and may the Lord continue to give you all the strength that you need. Thank Thanks, you. Sam. Jerry and I will be back in just a moment. You're listening to Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here. Uh, Sam Chan, Jerry, I told you, I mean, we went to Atlanta, had lunch with him. I, I really can't, don't know anyone else in my life that is a better systems change thought leader than Dr. Samuel Chan. Yeah, and he is such a gentle and wonderful person. I mean, when you have someone who's brilliant and humble all at once, that's just something to see and be part of, and it was a joy to spend time with him. Well, you know, and and I think that he caught the vision for what we want to try to create here, us, me, you, and the rest of our network, all seven CEOs of the... uh, Feeding America Food Banks here in Michigan. We want to create food security for those who are in need across our state. Yeah, how big do those tracks need to be? Wow. And it's it's a good thing. You know, um, one of the things that I talk to my board about when it comes to this work is, you know, it really isn't that old. And, you know, yeah. I remind them that it, it wasn't until the early 1950s that tractors outnumbered horses and mules on farms in the United States. And prior to that, we never talked about food surplus because right. you couldn't get the food from here to there. There was right. no way to do it, right? And so now it's easy to take for granted how these systems have changed around food. We have food surpluses. We have um, ways that we have to manage the whole idea of food. And we're getting smarter all the time about how to produce and create food for the world. And right. so those, the and there's so many examples the logistics of grocery i mean right well look let's take the four questions that he gave us and let's evaluate ourselves in that lens with regard to our mission for this show which is we want to change the conversation about food insecurity across this state that's right and actually produce a food secure michigan yeah i mean we want to create that blueprint the tracks to run on in order to achieve this mission exactly the first thing is before we even get into the question you have to believe that it's possible right and because of what you just talked about you know i mean people ask us all the time right well it don't, don't we have enough food for people and the answer is yes. So then they naturally think, so it's a logistics problem. Yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still, logistics costs money, no matter how you look at it. And we also have to meet people where they are. Right. And so, you know, to, to tackle the logistics of this problem um, requires a little more thought than just how many trucks do I need. Right. You know, that's, that's the, um, the nature of that beast. So let, let's, let's go through the take the lens of these four questions and and look at ourselves in the context of food for thought as well as the the greater mission of food security. So the first question is what defines us? And Sam said that the more narrow your definition of who you are the better. And I don't disagree with that at all. So doesn't that sound like food first to you? Oh, it sounds pretty much like we it. we've talked about this and why do we say food first? Um 
in part, it's because of something you said in your monologue. We believe that hunger is a cause of poverty. It's not just that poverty is a cause of hunger. So we've got to take hunger off the table. And that is a narrow focus, big problem, narrow focus. But we are really focused on that idea, food first. Food first. Well, and then, you know, the the, the idea of that is the implications of that idea of food first affects every walk of life. Even as Sam said in the first few words, I mean, food affects families, finances. You know, we know it affects communities. We know it affects educational outcome. We know it affects workforce retention. We know that it affects health care. We know all of these things, and we're proving those. And I think that it leads really well to what we know our deliverables have to be. Question number two. Exactly right. So I think we got I think we got our focus. I think we got our definition. Now what do we have to deliver? And I think we again he said not more than three things, and I think we've done a pretty good job of understanding what we have to deliver. First of all, we have to deliver food that people want and need. Mm-hmm. That is something we have to deliver. It makes sense. It's logical. We have to do that. Second, we have to deliver an understanding of the impact of that. So we have to be able to say, when we deliver the food that people want and need, it makes a difference. And here's how we know. Mm-hmm. So we deliver the food, we understand what the impact is, and then we take to scale what works. So let's talk about that for just a minute. Because... The history of food banking is any food would do, and that's not the case anymore. Well, it's not the case when you get to, I mean, tens of millions of pounds of food. I mean, I suppose at the beginning when we were just learning how to do this, any food would do because that was all we could do. That's all we could get. But once you get to a certain size, anything we distribute that's not consumed is 100% waste from the seeds that grew the food to the people that took it out of the ground to getting it to the food bank to getting it to the partner agencies and the people that ultimately need it. So if it's not consumed... It's all that effort is waste. And so we can't be satisfied by simply saying anything will do. Um, now, now there's, you know, I know there's issues in there where people say, well, why don't people eat whatever they get? Well, it's, it's not that simple. <laughs> it's the oatmeal lady. Yeah, But winter squash <laughs> is one of my favorite examples because it's, it's a hard shelled, dense product, right? That we get lots of during harvest time. And it's not fair to just dump tons of pounds of that on people and say, go ahead, figure it out, right? People don't know how to cook winter squash. They might not have a knife big enough to cut into it. So it's it's not as simple as saying, well, people should take whatever we got and use it. And so we have to be sensitive, right? And aware that there's more, <laughs> there's more to this than what meets the eye. Well, and, you know, it's about want and need is like, we don't want to just distribute food that complicates further problems like health concerns. So last year, our network distributed 181 million pounds of food across the state. And over 80 million pounds of that was fresh Michigan produce. That's the difference between what people want and need. 
They want fresh produce, and we're able to deliver that. And they want things like milk. I mean, which we know we're tackling right now in a big way. But nonetheless, I think our deliverables are pretty clear. I think we know what we have to deliver. Um, And then we get to the delivery system. Now, this is the fun part because this is where we talk about who wins when we win. It's not just about taking what we do now and making it bigger. It's about looking at everyone that benefits when this is solved and tapping into the systems they already have in place. So uh, Sam talked about the Panama Canal. Well, what if there were 15 other canals that could be used that you're not using because you don't recognize they're even there? Our delivery system needs to include what healthcare is doing, what education is doing. We need to look at the systems that are already in place that the people that need this help are using. And so being where they are, really expanding our idea of what delivery systems could we even use is one of our biggest opportunities to do more, better, cheaper. So we've got one more question to look at. We're going to do that on the other side of the break. He's Jerry Brisson. I'm Dr. Phil Knight. You're listening to Food for Thought on WJR. Come back and be with us. It's Food for Thought with Dr. Phil Knight. Presented by the Food Bank Council of Michigan. Once again, here's Dr. Phil Knight. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to follow us on foodsecuremichigan.org. Jerry, uh, we've got one more question that Sam gave us. And how do you think we're doing so far? Are we passing the test? I think so. I mean, I, you know, I, Sam is a very insightful guy. I think he puts things in a framework that we can at least look at, and I think we're doing well. I think we're doing well. I think when we think then about the drivers and the people around us, I mean, I think about how many guests we've had on this show mm. since we started doing this. I mean, it's over 100 people. Yeah, about 117, I think. That have come from Every segment of our community, from business to healthcare to to education to social work, at, at our legislators, mm-hmm. and and um, I think one of the things that we agree about in food banking is that everyone has a place in this. Yeah. And and while that might seem daunting on one hand, on another hand, um, when you start when you start to add up all that everyone can do and push that through systems that are big enough to accept that help, you can really start to imagine a solution to food insecurity. And it's not that we have to manage in detail all of that activity. We just have to make sure everyone's pointed to the right place. Well, it's who the winners are. And we talked about that in the delivery systems, uh, who wins when we win. And Sam talked about it in the, the context of one of his books, Who's Who's Holding Your Ladder. By the way, you you can find those books at samchan.com or on Amazon. And he wrote three of them about a ladder. Who's Holding Your Ladder? Who's Shaking Your Ladder? <laughs> That's another show. Right. And, uh, and, uh, right. and, and who, I see you staring at me on right. that and one. Who so, moved, uh... Yeah, you're, you're just my chairman. <laughs> uh, and who moved your ladder? So all of those have context for, for us and this mission. But who's holding your ladder is, you know, it's about the people that win 
the segments of the community and population that win when we're successful at creating food security. And when we start thinking about not who's needy, but who's worth investing in, we start to find a very different way of thinking about this problem. And there's an awful lot of people worth investing in. And you know me well enough, Phil, to know, I think at some level, we're all worth investing in. And and what returns we get when we make those investments are far greater than the investments we make. Well, it looks like it's time for a little food for thought. Sam Chan, our guest today, had a thought during a visit to the Panama Canal that led Sam, one of our country's most respected voices on nonprofit and marketplace leadership, to have bold new insights on the life cycle of a business or a nonprofit organization. Simply put, the size and speed of an organization are controlled by its systems and structures. After reading his book, Bigger, Faster Leadership, And discussing it with him over lunch, I realized I need to think differently than I've ever thought before. So as we continue to create the blueprint to solve hunger here in Michigan, I'm determined that we have to think without fear, because doubt killed more dreams than failure ever will. We have to begin now, knowing what we know now, without any regard to resources what would our plan be? We have to think bigger, better, and beyond what we've ever thought before. Because hunger isn't bigger than we are, better than we are, and it isn't beyond us to solve. Thanks for listening. Follow Jerry and I at Food Secure Michigan and check out all of our shows. Follow me, Dr. Phil, on Twitter at DrPhil14. Thanks for listening, and until next week, remember, friends, is food first. Food first, folks. Food first. For Thought has been a presentation of Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food-secure state.